are on the brink of a dramatic change where we are about to, and I'll say this boldly, we're about to abandon the traditional system of money and accounting and introduce a new one. And the new one, the new accounting, is what we call blockchain. It means digital. It means having an almost perfect record of every single transaction that happens in the economy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bill Young Grow Wealthy Podcast. My name is Walida Shri. In today's episode, I want to share with you my notes from the World Government Summit 2022 on Are We Ready for a New World Order? In addition to my notes, I'll be giving um, commentary as well as supporting my opinion with research so that you can understand how the world orders are changing and how that's going to impact your money. Without further ado, let's get into this. So the entire conference was over six hours long, so I am not going to give you six hours worth of content today, but I do want to share with you my notes from the first session, which was about 40 minutes long. And there were four speakers and there was a moderator who asked questions um, regarding the question, are we ready for a new world order? And so I want you to hear the responses of each speaker by hearing my notes that I have here. But as always, be sure to go back and do your own research. The entire video is on YouTube, but I'll try to link that video in the description or in the comment section, depending on where and how you're listening to this episode so that you can hear the entire conference for yourself. So let's go ahead and get started with the first speaker, His Highness Anwar bin Mohammed Gargish. And the main takeaway I got from him is he said that we have a problem of having 21st century technology but 19th century mindset of wanting nationalism, state sovereignty, and the use of force or not use of force. So basically what I got from him is that we are trying to still hold on to, I'm an American, I'm a German, I'm an Ethiopian. He's saying that we are still trying to hold on to having our regional or geographical location as defining who we are as a people. Because of the speeding of technology, we are actually global in how we are all connected now via the internet. And so his proposition is that we need to change the world order by letting go of that mindset of wanting to have that nationalism or that state sovereignty. The second speaker was Fergit Kemp. This is what I gathered from his speech. He said there hasn't been an actual world order yet. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but in the 90s, President George Bush, the father, he announced that we were on the brink of a new world order. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. And if you follow billionaire Ray Dalio, he talks about it all the time in his work, how we are on the brink also of a new world order. Over the last few years, three big things that hadn't happened in my lifetime prompted me to do this study. First, countries didn't have enough money to pay their debts, even after lowering interest rates to zero. So their central banks began printing lots of money to do so. Second, 
Big internal conflicts emerged due to growing gaps in wealth and values. This showed up in political populism and polarization between the left, who want to redistribute wealth, and the right, who want to defend those holding the wealth. And third, increasing external conflict between a rising great power and the leading great power, as is now happening with China and the United States. So I looked back. I saw that all these had happened together before, many times, and nearly always led to changing domestic and world orders. The last time this sequence happened was from 1930 to 1945. But for a lot of decades, people have already assumed we were in this new world order. But according to Frederick Kemp, the actual world order hasn't yet happened. He said that this is just a Western world mindset that we have imposed on the world, that there has been a new world order. If you think about all of the countries and their inception, America is one of the youngest countries here on Earth. Um, but we felt as though since we had, you know, climbed up the global scale, we had determined that this was a new world order. But according to the rest of the world, and according to Frederick Kemp, that hasn't actually taken place. So what he mentioned is that they failed to actually get the new world order established after World War I because it ended with millions of lives lost. Then he said after World War II, with the rise of the international liberal order, the UN, the Britain Woods system, the European Coal and Steel Community, and NATO, and also other international organizations, he said the world did become more globalized, minus Russia, but he said even then, the New World Order hadn't yet been established. But with this war in Ukraine, he said it can bring about two outcomes. It can either A, bring in an era of darkness, or it can bring in an era of enlightenment and prosperity. War orders are a set of rules that countries agree to play by. So that is why, um, if you're following the news, it's always like, a band of countries together versus another band of countries. He said that the balance of power is over where a neighboring country can be subjugated as in the case of Ukraine and Russia. So for those of you who do not know, Ukraine was once a part of Russia and then they gained their um, sovereignty. But Russia at this point is now trying to take back its landmass by default, take over the people because they don't want them to join forces with NATO. And there's a whole other political side of things, but that's just the gist of the story. Countries, for the most part, are at this place in time where they're basically having to choose between China and the U.S. as a superpower. But most countries don't want to have to choose between the two. According to Frederick Kemp, in order for a global world order to take place, countries would have to unite regionally and then join links to make a bigger picture. So that means that, let's just use America for instance, Canada, North America, and South American countries would have to all band together, and then you'd have to get all of the Asian countries, all the African countries, all the European countries to band, and once you do that, then you can kind of unite to make a bigger picture. But when there's already conflict between countries in the region, it makes it more difficult for it to be a global partnership amongst different countries. Now, at the beginning of this episode, you heard a clip from a lady named Dr. Pippa, and I'm not sure how to say her last name. She gave her insight of what she is seeing in terms of the money that we are going to have in the future. But these are some other notes that I took from her. She mentioned that we are already in World War III. Now, for most of us, when we think about World War III, 
we think about bullets, we think about nuclear warfare, we think about all the physical manifestations of war. But what she has said is, is that war has been taking place for the past four years, but it has changed geographical location. According to Dr. Pippa, World War III has already been taking place in space and underneath the waters. She said that our world needs ubiquity and not scarcity. And she believes that internet should be available for free for everyone around the planet. Now, I do have my thoughts about that comments because I am currently in a location where internet is widely available, but not everybody has internet. Most people don't have internet because they don't want to. I think forcing people to go on a global internet grid, it's pretty invasive because some people simply just don't like to have their information on the internet. So I don't want it to be um, to get to that point where she's making a suggestion that it should be available and free for everyone around the planet, but then people who aren't on it are being penalized in one way or another. She also said that she believes that we need to decentralize our powers. She believes that autocracies like China are not more superior than democracies like America. Dr. Pippa said that a country is only as good as its financials. If countries move away from choosing between China and the U.S. and instead use blockchain or other digital dollars, it will provide a greater level of power and countries can operate without choosing a side. She also said that a digital constitution may be needed and written out so that there is a balance between the states and the people, but overall, this may become the method of choice. Now, she did make a point about a country is only as good as its financials. And for those of you who do not know how the game of war is played, Whenever a country is deeply in debt, they always pull the card of going into war because after all, war is big business. Step number one, open up a bank or manufacture war materials like weapons, raw materials, soldiers, or services. Step number two, don't just pray for war, lobby for war. Push your politician friends for more conflict. Step number three, support both sides of the war so that you come out on top no matter who wins. Step number four, sit back, relax, and bask in all that sweet cash flow as innocent men, women, and children perish. If a country is severely in debt, it makes them very vulnerable to war. You can Google the debt calculated for the U.S., and you can see in real time the debt that the U.S. has accrued. And in the last few years, actually in the last couple of years since the pandemic, the debt of America has increased more than it has in its inception of being a country. Um, and so we are actually ourselves very vulnerable right now for going into a war because we are so deeply into debt that we are giving out loans disguised as foreign aid as a way to try to pull ourselves out of debt. Dr. Pippa has recently gone viral for her infamous comment about blockchain. We are on the brink of a dramatic change where we are about to, and I'll say this boldly, we're about to abandon the traditional system of money and accounting and introduce a new one. And the new one, the new accounting is what we call blockchain. It means digital. It means having a almost perfect record of every single transaction that happens in the economy. Now here's the problem that I can foresee. Most people have elected to go to digital currencies such as crypto and um, Ethereum and Bitcoin because they do not like the centralized powers having access to their money. 
But as she said, there are countries like the U.S. and China who have already started to form their digital currencies. And like she said, well, blockchain, it can see all of your transactions. But I did realize when I read a book before on cryptocurrency that everything is seemingly moving towards blockchain in all aspects of life, whether it's healthcare, whether it's food, whether it's money, it doesn't matter. Everything is starting to use the blockchain technology because it's trackable and it's accurate. A blockchain is a chain of blocks that contains information. This technique was originally described in 1991 by a group of researchers and was originally intended to timestamp digital documents so that it's not possible to backdate them or to tamper with them, almost like a notary. However, it went by mostly unused until it was adapted by Satoshi Nakamoto in 2009 to create the digital cryptocurrency Bitcoin. Now, a blockchain is a distributed ledger that is completely open to anyone. Once some data has been recorded inside the blockchain, it becomes very difficult to change it. The main goal that most of these countries are trying to accomplish is to have one world currency. And the best and the most effective way to do that is by using blockchain technology and by creating a cryptocurrency. Don't be surprised when that day happens. Just be prepared and understand that this is the way that the world is going to move. And if you disagree with it, you need to have a plan to know how to pivot so that you're not stuck in part of that system. And some of the last statements that Dr. Pippa made is that Russia has teamed up with Egypt and she said that there are private militias formed all the way to the southern border of Africa. And also that countries need to start preparing for food shortages because there are fertilizer shortages in Russia and Belarus. And also, as you know, there's a wheat shortage because of Ukraine. But also, if you are an American citizen, the food shortages are becoming even greater because if you do not know this, Around the country, there has been food processing plants that have all been catching fire mysteriously um, in the last year or so. Top story is, of course, the Taylor Farms processing facility in Salinas, uh, which burned overnight. It is now considered a total loss after that monster fire ripped through the building last night. Here's another news story about a different food processing facility. The crash set off explosions and sent thick smoke into the air. Through to the plane. The twin-engine Cessna went down Thursday evening, killing both people on board. The plane slammed into some trailers on the property of the General Mills cereal plant just a couple hundred feet away from the Covington Airport. So, and these are your top companies too. Even the, the top organic food maker, I think it's Taylor. But there's cereal companies, there's chicken farms. Oh, there's a lot of processing um, centers around America that have been burned down. Some people claim that it's not intentional, but whether it's intentional or not, that is accelerating the food shortages that are already happening because of oil prices, fertilizer shortages, and because of um, a shortness of wheat being delivered from Ukraine. And our last speaker was Dr. George Friedman. So um, basically, in short, what he said is that we love nostalgia, but we are no longer going back to the way things were. And a lot of us, at the beginning of the pandemic, we all said, I can't wait till things go back to normal. But what Dr. George Friedman basically is saying is that that's never going to happen again. From here on out, everything is going to change and look different than it did yesterday. He also said that Russia is not a superpower, and he acknowledged Russia as a nuclear power. 
And lastly, um, he says space warfare is how countries are going to start fighting. And like I said, Dr. Pippa has already said that it has been happening in the past four years. We just haven't heard much about it. So the question again is, are we ready for a new world order? And they all could agree to say, not yet, but we are at an inflection point. So that's all I have for today. If you like this podcast episode, please be sure to leave feedback, subscribe, and share this episode with a friend. And until next time, I'll talk to you later.